building a company by solving for X, a really complicated X. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Alex Waller, co-founder and chief technology officer at The Routing Company. Welcome, Alex. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. What does The Routing Company do, and what motivated you to start the company? The Routing Company partners with cities to power the future of public transportation. So in particular, we provide cities with the technology they need to extend the reach of public transportation by adding new modes of on-demand transportation. Uh, and so we provide them with a rider app, a driver app, and a, a operator dashboard that lets them extend the reach of public transportation with more dynamic options. Um, and yeah, what, how I got started with this, uh, I was doing a PhD in computer science and robotics at MIT when I became part of this project to optimize on-demand mobility systems. We were trying to solve the Uber pool problem where vehicles can pick up and drop off multiple passengers as part of their trip. Uh, but we wanted to solve it at city scale in real time to optimality. And we wanted to do it with shuttle buses instead of passenger cars, which makes the problem much harder. Um, we eventually published a paper that showed we could service all of Manhattan's taxi demand, but with 80% fewer vehicles by having the passengers share rides. Um, once we published this, we, my co-founder and I, we realized that the, the, to have an impact on the way people move around cities, uh, we would need uh, to, to leave academia and, and form a startup. So that's why in May 2019, I decided to quit my PhD. My co-founder, who's Dutch, he, he quit his job in the Netherlands and moved to the States. And we founded what was then called Routable AI, now called The Routing Company. So let's dive into that project. Tell us the story yeah. of how the project progressed. Yeah. So it's funny. I, I actually got brought onto the project uh, just as a computer scientist in the lab working with a postdoc um, because I was a computer scientist. The postdoc was a mathematician, and I was able to help a lot with data analysis and data wrangling. But I became so obsessed with, with these, these, these types of problems and the ability to impact cities with our research. Typically in research, you have to wait quite a while before you can have an impact, you know, particularly in robotics, before you can actually see it being implemented on the streets and affecting lots of people. So I saw this way as solving an optimization problem that could affect you know, potentially billions of people. And that got me super obsessed and excited about the, about the project. Um, but yeah, we were just trying to, so in robotics, uh, all the problems are intractable and they all need to be solved in real time, right? And that's very similar to how we're solving this optimization problem uh, for routing multiple vehicles to pick up and drop off multiple passengers. Um, and so we were able to leverage a lot of this robotics know-how from constraint optimization and, and other optimization techniques uh, to, 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 you know, bring forward this, you know, essentially antiquated solution that's been used for, for years. Let's talk about the starting conditions. What modes of transportation were involved and what new modes did you consider? Yeah, so when we were originally, you know, piecing together the first iteration of, of the algorithm, we were very focused on ride-sharing vehicles and, you know, started out with, you know, two passenger cars, four passenger cars but then quickly realized that our solution, um, the way that we split up our optimization problem, um, we were able to accommodate much higher capacity vehicles, you know, 10 seater, 20 seater cars um, that don't give us the same, uh, you know, impact on our runtime and performance as, you know, previous solutions um, to this dial a ride problem that we're solving. What role did machine learning play in helping you arrive at an optimal outcome? Yeah, so we, uh, 
use machine learning in two places. So, so this is all very model-based and, and very optimization heavy. So we can formulate a model for, um, for how we want, uh, for the types of schedules that we want vehicles to be following. And we can optimize uh, the schedules that we uh, produce to follow this model. And so we don't use machine learning very much in our optimization. However, where we do use it is in forecasting future demand. So we use the ML to determine where are there going to be future hotspots and how can we then distribute the idle vehicles that have no passengers inside of them? How can we distribute them to the areas of high demand to increase the probability of there being a future pickup? So that's one place, that's one place we used it. We also used it um, directly in our uh, optimization in order to rebalance vehicles that already had passengers inside of them in order to say, try to persuade a vehicle and influence a vehicle to go through an area where it's possible they could have another pickup for the future, thus improving the entire efficiency of the of, of the system. We saw, I think, you know, between a 10 sorry, 10 and 20% um, efficiency gains. That's just the number of passengers that we can pick up by more intelligently uh, rebalancing the idle vehicles. So what was the ultimate outcome? What did you learn as a result of the project? Yeah, it's a great question. So I learned a lot about trade-offs in, in performance engineering. I think that was the, the big takeaway. So the way that this, you know, dial a ride problem, this mobility on, mobility on demand problem, you know, the Uber pool problem has been solved in the past is by formulating a very large optimization problem that solves for both what order a vehicle will service a set of passengers, as well as which vehicle services which passengers. Right? It solves both the assignment and the scheduling problem at the same time. Now, it solves it directly. However, as you increase the demand and you increase the number of vehicles, you increase the number of variables in that optimization problem quadratically, which you know, you're quadratically increasing the variables of an exponentially difficult problem. So it's recipe for intractability. Um, and so what we, uh, what we learned right, was we can have a, you know, a less efficient way of doing part of the problem. You know, we generate way more schedules than we could possibly uh, uh, consider, right? Um, but that's, you know, that loss of time and in, in, in generating schedules that we don't care about, right, is still much faster than solving directly this problem that increases, you know, super exponentially. So it's a trade-off between, between you, know, uh, you know, creating data that we don't end up using right? Versus like not creating it, but taking a longer time to find the right data. So what are the practical implications of your findings? What are the benefits to the public and what changes to our ride sharing and ride rental models might we have to consider? Yeah, great question. Um, so I think that for this dial a ride problem or for demand responsive transportation um, that we've seen in cities, uh, we almost like think that we can solve it by looking at it, right? By looking at the problem and ordering people and, and trying to figure it out in our heads. And that's why you have human dispatchers. Um, like we've, we've worked with one who can, who can book, I think up to 90 rides in a day himself by reordering things in a spreadsheet. And so there's this, I guess, you know, misconception that humans can have this level of like combinatorial thinking and have optimal results from moving things around in a spreadsheet. However, that's just like, that's not the case. This problem grows so, large at a city scale that no human can actually 
can do that type of routing on 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 their own. Um, and uh, so the implication is like we can actually find the the right schedules for vehicles to follow that makes on-demand transportation a possibility as an extension of public transportation. Right, we're able to comb through all these different possibilities so quickly that there is a significant efficiency gain um, available for cities that want to use on-demand modes of transportation. Before it was, you know, too difficult, too costly. The performance wasn't there. It wasn't able to be solved in real time. People had to pre-book, and you had to add a whole bunch of different conditions and constraints for allowing somebody to use such a system. Uh, the fact that we solved this problem in real time and to optimality means that you don't have to worry about those constraints. The, the system is no longer fragile um, or, or, or you know, subject to performance loss at, at high scale, at, at a large scale. We, we essentially solve that and make it pretty plug and play for a city to use a on-demand mode of transportation as just another part of your public transportation infrastructure. So you built a company out of this, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. If somebody wants to find out more about your company or maybe they just wanna connect with you personally, Alex, What's the best way they can do that? Yeah, they can send an email to hello at theroutingcompany.com and, uh, and one of us will be, will be able to, to connect and, and, and say hi. <laughs> That's good. Alex Waller, co-founder and chief technology officer at The Routing Company. Thanks for joining us, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.